The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe LaBelle, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation with another innovator who is a board-certified dermatologist that specializes in medical and cosmetic dermatology, and she's also an avid user of telemedicine in her practice. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Dr. Dina Strawn, Director of Aglow Dermatology. Dr. Strawn, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for making the time today. Before we start our discussion, could you take a few seconds and tell our audience about your background? Certainly. I'm, as you said, a board-certified dermatologist. I run a private practice, a glow dermatology in New York City. I started dermatology as an academic dermatologist. I did a lot of inpatient, complicated cases. I did AIDS dermatology back in the 90s and in the early 2000s. And I've worked in California. I trained out in California. I worked out in California. And so I've worked in a variety of different settings, both inpatient, outpatient, with the indigent, and with people in private practice as well. So I have quite a background in terms of the range. My practice, the Glow Dermatology in New York City, I treat people of all different skin types. I'm known as an expert in ethnic skin, hair, and nail disorders, in addition to general dermatology. And I have a background in medical informatics, which in part I pursued because of my interest in telemedicine back when I was in the county hospital in the 90s in Los Angeles, and my boss and I were the only two dermatologists for a catchment area of over a million people. So I I started to learn about telemedicine back then and then pursued more training at Woods Hole and at Columbia University. Perfect. Well, you helped me answer the next few questions, so I appreciate that. What specifically was it that got you really interested in telemedicine? Well, I was interested in how more people could be reached, and I was training in the Bay Area in the mid-'90s, and that was the start of some of the technology revolution, and people were talking about that during my residency in the Veterans Administration System, in the county hospital system. We weren't really doing it, but people were starting to talk about it. And when I took my first job down at County Hospital in the Los Angeles area, that was something that was being explored. And I was actually working with people in ophthalmology who had already had a program where they were doing live telemedicine consults with surrounding clinics. And I started to try to learn about what people were doing in dermatology. So I, I contacted someone in the Navy who had a quite impressive and active teledermatology practice between the base, I believe it was in Maryland, and the submarines, the ships that were out at sea. Perfect. What was the learning curve for you like early on? Well, you know, it's very different now. I mean, I've actually just recently started to incorporate telemedicine into my own practice. In terms of actually doing it, there were a lot of issues just in terms of 
setting up the whole system, the logistics of it. Is it a store and forward? Is it a live type issue where you have to schedule your time and they have to schedule it on the other side? Do they have the equipment needed to do that? So, I mean, what I use currently, since I started to learn about it and dabble in it, I mean, what's available now is so user-friendly and much easier to use. So I'm using a commercial platform that any doctor can sign up, or this is for dermatologists specifically, can sign up for themselves. And it's very easy now that people have smartphones and they can upload pictures. So the learning curve now is not that steep. It's pretty fast versus when it was coming up. So for your visits now that you do via telemedicine, are you connecting to your patients via video or are they sending you pictures of some sort of abnormality on their skin and then you're responding? The second. This is a store and forward platform. It's basically patients sign up, they put their medical history in. It's very easy. There's a pharmacy attached. I get an alert when there is a new patient in the waiting room. Everything's there. It's set up like a paper chart or EMR, however you want to think about it, and pictures. And so I have the option, if the pictures are not helpful, to request better pictures. But with the technology that's available now, most of the pictures have been pretty good. Outstanding. So you're treating your current patients, just this is additional convenience that you're providing for your patients then with telemedicine. Well, how I'm using it right now, some of my regular patients use it. Most of the people who've been consulting me, there are issues with telemedicine. The laws have changed a lot over the years. So, I mean, there have been other platforms that I've tried to use, and as I'm starting to use it, the laws change, and then (laughs) the company can't offer business the way it was being offered. So I kind of feel like now we've gotten to a point where things have settled. I mean, it's still evolving where you can actually execute things because I've signed up before for things that I wasn't able to follow through with because of laws and the company hadn't considered those things. But now I treat people in New York State where I'm licensed. I want to see how this goes before I would license somewhere else to expand it. But that's the plan is to be able to reach more people. So rather than people who just come to my office already, some of them use it for a refill Or if they're away, I'm actually interested in exploring places where there's more need because I'm in New York City where there is a high concentration of dermatologists. So there isn't as much of a need. It's more of a convenience here. But in other places, people have to wait four months, five months to get an appointment or travel two hours. That's right. What percentage of your patients would you say you treat via telemedicine at this point? A very, very small percentage, less than 1%, have a busy in-real-life practice (laughs) in the city. (laughs) And I think it's going to take a while to catch on on this kind of platform. I mean, and there are other platforms where people use telemedicine that I've looked at, looked at different companies, some where the telemedicine is taking place not directly doctor to patient, but doctor to doctor. Interesting. So it's like doing a consult. Right with the doctor in an underserved area. What are your patients saying about the telemedicine offering? The patients who come into my office haven't really commented much about it. Definitely a few people have used it. I mean, I have some patients who travel, who've used it to get a refill, people who are busy or can't come in. So they like that convenience, definitely. And then the people that I don't know, like in real life, (laughs) 
colleagues that I've met only through telemedicine. It solves the problem. It's a convenience thing. They might not be able to get to a doctor because it's a two-hour drive in their area. So it's just been interesting to expose me to different kinds of people and different needs. It's also something people have to learn the etiquette of doing this online versus coming into an office. You set up my next question perfectly. What advice would you give to a patient that was considering telemedicine? I still think at this time, in real life is better. But if you're going to use telemedicine, most platforms are set up for very specific focused problems. So I'd say that it goes much more smoothly when someone understands what the platform is able to offer them. So if it's a one problem at a time issue, then you have to focus on that one problem. And then also kind of have to understand that it's the nature of the technology. Just because you have access to someone all the time doesn't mean that you need to engage them all the time. So one of the issues that can make telemedicine not efficient in some platforms is that people message a lot, like, thank you, or, oh, I didn't think of that. And you have to log into a secure site (laughs) from a secure device to read the message. So I think you kind of have to be more focused on the interactions. It's different than in real life. Right. You'll definitely need to design and think through your workflow to make sure that you're covering all your bases for sure. Exactly. Exactly. What about physicians that are thinking about telemedicine? What advice might you give them? Well, I'd say you want to look around at different platforms and actually think about what is it that you're trying to do. Are you trying to provide an additional service to your current patient? Some people use telemedicine platforms like someone who's procedural as an additional service to follow up somebody after a visit where they may not need to have the person come in, but they just need to check in with that person. Do you want to use it like that? How do you want to monetize it? Are you looking to increase your reach in terms of reaching people in another area, so your current patients or another community, or do you want to do consults doctor to doctor? Right. And I think that's all important. I think sometimes people dive in and they haven't really decided which of those they're going to pursue, and they're not really set up to pursue all of them all at once. So that's great advice. Yeah, definitely pick one at a time. Even though I've looked at so many things, I know the reality (laughs) is that things sound great, but then you have to do it. (laughs) And then you have to see, you can't always plan for everything because it's just, it's different. We are not socialized to do this. So things that come up, like I was saying, like the messaging, just because you have access to your doctor doesn't mean they want to message you 12 times. Exactly. You know what I mean? You You want to bring something to closure. So... I think those are things to consider, setting the parameters. I think the advice of doing some sort of pilot's a great piece of advice, too, because as we discussed just a minute ago, the workflow is going to be different from in real life, and you have to understand those differences. You may have different types of employees you need to help you manage that queue or to do research for that queue or to do follow-up for that queue, and rather than find that out in bulk, to do it on a limited basis and learn and then build that capability out, I think is way more prudent. Absolutely. You know, companies are always going to tell you, oh, it's easy, easy, takes, <laughs> takes 
no time, you can see a gazillion patients. No. (laughs) Just because we can message quickly doesn't mean that the actual work, which is what you're doing all the time, is instant. And you have to change your communication style when you're using technology. I mean, it's different than when you're texting. It's different when you're messaging. It's different when you're on video and in real life. So those are all the things to consider. And I would take it slow. I don't think that there's like a, a mad rush at this moment. I think everyone's still exploring the different applications, how to use this, but it's very exciting because there's so much potential and there's a great potential to reach a broader audience, a different audience. I think it's very exciting. Yeah, and you mentioned the one really big benefit in dermatology, I think, this is my opinion, for the patient, and that's access. I've had several occasions where I needed to go to a dermatologist I don't live in Florida anymore, but in Florida, when I lived there, it was over a year wait to see a dermatologist, just because they they have a small number of dermatologists and a lot of sun problems. And so if you can find a solution that gets you way better access, and not to say that you won't create an in-person relationship with that physician, but to get your original problem solved in a much faster period of time, well, then that works for everybody. Absolutely. It can help just to triage things. If you can look at something, I don't feel comfortable at the moment doing anything related to skin cancer and telling someone that they don't have to come in. But certainly if you see something that is very suspicious, that can be grounds to like put the energy in to get someone in fast. If you're concerned about a changing mole or that someone's sore is actually a cancer, I would imagine you'd be able to cut the line at the dermatologist's office. Exactly. And that's what I think a lot of people, when they have something like that, this would be the perfect way to do it. And it's probably the perfect way on both sides because the reason there's that year-long wait is there's a lot of reasons people need to visit dermatologists. However, we'd all, if we were the one that had potential cancer, would like to at least get that triaged and know yes or no, it's a big problem. And if it is a big problem, move to the front of the line. And another way actually it can shorten the line is actually dealing with relatively minor things. For example, when you see a doctor, there are office policies and also laws as to how long between you last saw that person and and whether or not they can give you a refill, even if it's for something that's relatively minor, maybe a topical acne medicine that's relatively safe, but legally the doctor can't just give you unlimited refills forever. You have to come in. So if you could do a telemedicine consult, if that's all you needed, that would actually reduce the wait time in the office for people who actually needed to be seen in real life. Exactly. Well, Dr. Strong, I sure appreciate you being here, but as we wind down and before I let you go, where can people go to contact you and learn more about your practice and what you're doing with telemedicine? Well, you can come to my website, aglodermatology.com, and that's www.aglowdermatology.com. It was so great to have you. Thanks for joining us today and giving us some really great advice about telemedicine. It was my pleasure. Good deal. Thanks so much. And that wraps this broadcast on behalf of our guest, Dr. Dina Strawn. I'm Joe Lavelle, and we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare.